All right, welcome to the uh, Ocean Water Podcast, the voice for indigenous water rights. We'll talk a little bit about that later. I have with me today my good friend, Brett Gorney, and uh, he's from Atlanta. Brett has been a member of the PGA for 25 years. Uh, he's played professional golf, spent the majority of his time doing coaching uh, in clinics and leadership development. He's uh, done work both here in the U.S. and also in Hong Kong. And then just on a personal note, Brett and I have a connection uh, down in Palmercito, El Salvador, which is how we became friends. We realized that we shared uh, the friendship of Paco and Tessie in common, and that Brett has actually led uh, teams of people to Palmercito and done work in the same place. And we have plans to, to talk and pray about doing that in the future. So it's just awesome to be with you, brother. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, Ryan, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's really cool how, uh... No, God connected us together. Um, yeah, I've been going to El Salvador since December 2013. And awesome. To work with the children's home down there. And they, Paco and Tessie's church is the, it, the kids go to two different churches, one of the English speaking ones, and then uh, Paco and Tessie's. And all these years, we'd never connected with them. And then just this last uh, December, we had, we had a great time with them. So looking forward to seeing what God's got in store for that. Yeah, they're, they're such wonderful people. In fact, I'm, I'm really going to miss uh, Maria and I for the last few years have had, have had Paco and Tessie uh, to our house uh, every June. And this is, so we're going to miss that. But uh, in due time, that'll happen again next year. We, we have that tradition and, and we just love having them. It's really fun for them too, to get to spend some time in, in California and they get, they get a lot out of that. So the next time we're here, we'll, we'll all have to connect. I think we've already talked about that. It'd be really fun. But um, yeah, they were, oh, they were bragging about that when I was down there about how awesome they're. Like, we never want to come back whenever we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're 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 such great friends, amazing people. Um, so when you're at home in Atlanta these days, uh, what do you like to eat? Where do you go, and what do you get? Well, you know, it's funny. I um. I actually was thinking more about when I go home to my hometown. You, you asked that question. You sent me that question beforehand. My hometown is upstate New York, um, that small town, lake uh, north of Albany, New York, called Queensbury Glens Falls. Um, and there's this place called New Way Lunch that is famous for its hot dogs, and they're called Dirt Dogs because uh, the Dirty John's hot dogs is what they're, they're, they're famous for. And it's there's this little crock of it's one of those old brown and tan crocks you know and uh and they have this secret sauce and it, it looks like dirt it's, it looks like water and dirt but it's it's a mix of like ground beef and spices and onions and, and that's why they're called dirt dogs and it's like blasphemy to put ketchup on them and all this stuff and you you go and have a couple of those and you stink for like three days <laughs> from the sauce <laughs> and the onions but that's, that's kind of when I think of like a hometown meal. Atlanta, I've got some great favorites around here. Uh, there's a breakfast burrito at this place up the street called uh, Thumbs Up Diner. Great, great Southwestern breakfast burrito. So, Very nice, man. Yeah. Very, very nice. You got, you got my mouth watering. I rode my, I know you golfed this morning and I rode my bike, so I'm hungry. Um, so that, that, that get me interested in some lunch here in a little bit. Um, so what are you doing these days and how did you get into it? Yeah, so a couple things. Mainly, um, you know, my uh, 
the thing I do that keeps a roof over my head and, uh, and some food in my belly is um, I have a golf event company called Mobile Golf Events. Um, and the name kind of speaks to what it is. And we bring golf on site. So our, our tagline is golf anywhere. Um, you know, we specialize in golf simulator rentals. Uh, we do mobile coaching. I'm a PGA coach. I've been teaching for 20 plus years. So I'm gonna hire other guys. Um, and then we do uh, this really cool leadership and team building uh, activation that we just started rolling out um, that, that uh, models a Ryder Cup uh, format for companies. And yeah, it's super cool. And uh, it's just putting and chipping only. So even if people have never held a golf club, they get to do it. And that's honestly, that was the thing I was super excited about for, you know, coming into 2020. We had, uh, we had one lined up. I was supposed to fly to Bogota, Colombia. Yeah. March 9th to do it with Coca-Cola, Latin America. We had it lined up with Chick-fil-A and another company and a lot of chatter going. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get back to that. Um, Cause unfortunately it's a, you know, 30 to 40 person group type thing. So it's not massive, but, um, but anyway, you know, how I got into mobile golf events was honestly, um, I wasn't planning on starting it. It was, I'd moved back to Atlanta in 2014, was working for my, my good friend, Martin Chuck with tour striker, helping them with the, the training products business, as well as coaching, uh, you know, traveling a little bit, coaching with them, coaching virtually online. Um, and then I had gotten a couple calls from some clients here in Atlanta. I'd done some, some events with, and they both had a big event and they were looking for a golf simulator. And, um, so it made sense to just invest into one. Um, and because, you know, to have a nice one, they're not cheap. And so I, that's how I sort of started out on, on a, a side hustle, if you will, mm -hmm. while I was working for this other company back in 2015. And, you know, I did, I don't know, eight to 10 events that first year. Um, and then just over the years, my role with Tour Striker, you know, kind of things started going like this and it just, it flipped upside down to where, you know, Tour Striker finally went away from a salary. I'm still a part of their coaching team and just do stuff contractually here and there. But, you know, last year was the first year Mobile Golf Events was purely on its own. And that was my main, um, you know, revenue income source. Um, so it was kind of something I wasn't even planning on doing, um, but just, you know, it, 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 like I said, a need was, was there and, um, you know, it's a, it's a niche business for sure. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, but it can be, um, uh, you know, it's, it's proved to grow every year and, um, you know, we're still doing it. You know, right now things are a little bit different because of the, uh, because of the pandemic stuff and not being able to go. Most of our stuff is like I said, group, environments so i've been doing uh, remote mobile clinics uh or sorry online clinics for some companies uh people are starting to get back into doing some lessons but um you know and then on the other side of things which you know how you and i met is the you know the mission work and um and you know i've got a nonprofit called servanty which is so yeah. as a play on words of uh serve and tee it up and yeah. um and that's uh <laughs> yeah, I've been working a little bit more on that, and that's this, uh, the mission of that is to connect golfers with uh, organizations and you know and people in need. Um, so basically, it's a tool for other organizations and nonprofits serving others to tap into that golfer demographic, um, as well as a tool for golfers to to give back and to serve um, 
and in the midst of all that, you know, if we get the chance to play golf together, um, you know, like the, this more part of it too is, uh, you know, community group. So we, we have this purpose driven golf group, we call it, and we meet <clears throat> Tuesday mornings, usually grab coffee, have some conversations about life, faith, whatever's going on in our lives. And, and then we go play nine holes, um, or practice a little bit. So that's, uh, that's kind of where my, you know, my, my long-term passions and visions are, are pointed. Um, but we gotta, gotta keep a roof over the head too. So what I, what I loved about when I first got, when I first met you was that you, you have been able to use your, your passion for golf and your love for it. Uh, and then also, uh, and I feel a real camaraderie with that. I do that with, uh, with my background with the ocean and how much I love being in the ocean and surfing. And, and then also using the, all of the relationships that you, that you, that you, uh, connect with along the way. And then, and then uh, mobilizing that for really important work uh, in other places. So I just really hit it off with you uh, right, right when we first met. And um, so, so what are you interested in uh, these days? What are, what are you curious about? What, what's, what's got your mind going these days? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because actually just this weekend, um, I did the, uh, not, one of the kind of easier basic ones, but the Enneagram test. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever done one of those. Um, I'm really into, yeah, just really into digging deep into, you know, how, you know, how I'm wired. Um, I've done different assessment tests in the past, the Myers-Briggs, um, you know, spiritual gifts assessment, color code, different personality tests. Um, and then obviously Enneagram is probably the more hot one these days. But um, so I'm, I'm digging into that a little bit um, and reading a lot on, purpose and calling um i'm reading a book called the call by os guinness it's a great book right right now and, and just full of so much rich material about um just just our humanness and how we're wired and mm -hmm. um I, you know that's something god's always had on my heart with uh with um you know, really pressing into who he created us to be. And, and it takes work, you know, I mean, yeah. Until you, until you look at it from that lens and, and then honestly, you know, whether, whether you're a believer in God and Jesus and faith and all that or not, we are all uniquely created or if you're a universalist, whatever it may be, we're all uniquely wired to do great things with the, with the gifts that we've been given and these unique talents and abilities. Um, you know, and there's, there's natural talents and physical talents. You can surf, I can play golf, you know. Um, and so, but there's also those things that we're wired to be like encouragers. You're, you know, you're an encourager as well. What I've come to know a little bit of you. Um, I love that. I love hospitality. And, and then, you know, on the spiritual gift side of things, the shepherding gift of getting people together. I, I, I take it you probably have that gift, being able to take people on trips. It's a, it's a unique, it's a unique leadership gift. Um, and uh, because it's different from leading from the stage, if you will. Um, it's, it's getting people together, getting them to feel calm. Think of what a shepherd does with his sheep. Right. And, uh, and so I'm just really into all that stuff and trying to encourage others to, to press into that that as well um i just think it's it's the best way we can uh we can one honor god with who you know who he created us to be and how how he wired us to love and serve others um and to 
um, to live a life that has purpose and some more meaning in, in it and, and not waste, you know, the precious time we're given by trying to be somebody we're not. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite, favorite quotes outside of the Bible is Shakespeare. He says, to thine own self be true, lest you be found false by all men. So there's something, there's something in there about, uh, you know, knowing who you are, knowing how you're wired. And the great thing about uh, failure or the great thing about wisdom, the great thing about getting older is you get more comfortable with, with who you are and how you're wired. And you mentioned um, that shepherding being, um, you know, different than leading on the stage. I'm not really a fan of leading on the stage, so much so that our our church, Ocean Water, doesn't doesn't have a stage. <laughs> I I go shoot my I go shoot my message down on the sand every week with my with my wife and Peanut, and yeah. we go down to the beach. And I I'm, I'm not a I'm not really wired for that. Is is the best way to say it. But but there but there's a beauty in that in learning uh, kind of where you land and how you fit, and uh, and what you're good at. And um, so give me something in the last twelve months that you failed at. But you, have, you only have to pick one because everyone wants to pick 10, including myself. But what's something that you feel like you've, you've failed at in the last year? Dating. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, I, uh, I actually was just dating a gal for a few months and ended that. But uh, yeah. not that it's a failure. It's just a, you know, um, you know, realization and, you know, being true to yourself and, you know, yeah. But um, no, I, I would just say um, on a more serious note, I've struggled, straight up, I struggle. I'm the idealist, starter, you know, visionary. Um, yeah. And um, I wouldn't call it a complete failure, but I feel like I have dra I, I've drugged my feet a little bit when it comes to the stuff that I need to get done with, with Servanty, with the nonprofit and some of the things. Um, and I say that because it's um, not that you have to rush anything. I'm all about a crawl, walk, run type mentality. But um, you know, there's I, I, for me, I um, I can tend to try to do things on my own too much, or try to do all things on my own versus yeah uh, versus rely on not rely, but ask for help or, you know, and I have a board, you know, and guys will help on some certain things, but there's other things that, um, you know, I've just sort of drugged my feet out a little bit. And that's something that's actually part of why I'm really digging into this, uh, you know, this, this self-discovery to, to one, not only one leverage my strengths, you know, the, the way I'm wired, but two, to be aware of my weaknesses. And, and, and I know that's one of them. I've always, yeah, I've never been a big goal setter, planner. Dad didn't instill that into me. You know, I've, I've had goals in life and plans, but like, I just, I haven't, I'm not wired that way. And, and that's okay. But I also really need to know like where that can be a weakness and, and, and to be mindful of it and yeah. then ask for, ask for help. And that's kind of um, one of your, uh, which, I think you had another question about, you know, challenges or what I wish I would have known when I started out. And that's, yeah, you know, this is one of the things is like, 
um, you know, the, the, the verse, uh, what is it, Proverbs 15, 22, that says, um, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, mm. you know, will succeed. And so, yeah. you know, learning to trust, you know, that other people can help you out, that you don't have to do it all on your own. Um, but find the people that catch your vision, you know? And um, well, I think too, I think, you know, the wise, the wise leader always surrounds himself with people that are stronger than, than he is. That sounds like one of those meaningless cliches that you hear at a leadership thing or whatever, but uh, that's a, that's a truth. And I know one of the things I'm proud of is, is uh, we have an advisory team for, for ocean water. One of the guys is uh, uh, building a company that's on a, on a way on a, they're working towards a $500 million evaluation. Ask me what I know about that. Zero. Um, another guy on our advisory team uh, just finished being the chief of police. He oversaw 310 um, staff. Ask me what I know about that. <laughs> my other, uh, my other, my other buddy um, um, has a company. He has about 40 employees, two locations. Ask me what I know about that. So, and then the other guy um, that, that's on our advisory team has been. Has been a pastor for 30 years. My point is, you know, it's it's important to have the security to put people that are more talented than you are around you. You know, yeah. the, that's the sign. That's a sign of. I, I see that as a sign of strength. Yeah, and it it it, um, it builds accountability too. I mean, if you know. If you don't have any, if you can, you can lay out a plan with a group of advisors, but if they're still, if you're not checking in with them and they're not checking in with you, one, what's that say about your, your team? Yeah. You know, but, but you also have to, I think as a sort of a guy that's, you know, I've been an entrepreneur sort of, you know, for the most part since, you know, I've been working for the most part on my own since 2000, basically. And, you know, a couple couple things here and there where I've been a part of a team, but, um, but, you know, if I go to a group of guys and say, Hey, I want you to be a part of this, but I also have to come in with a, like, all right, here's what I'm expecting your view out of this as well. You know, and then and, mm -hmm. and in that expectation is them to have expectations of me, you know, it's kind of like a, yeah, a flip-flop expectation thing. And y'all got to agree upon that and have a system in place. And, and, and I would say that would be, you know, that's just part of the way I, again, I was I'm wired and the way I was brought up and, you know, um, I just, I didn't grow up with that, you know? And so it's, I know it's a challenge of mine and I have to be mindful of it though. Otherwise things will go slower than they could not again, not that things need to be rushed, but um, I feel like, you know, moving the needle forward could, could go a little bit quicker, you know? It's good. So let's, let's hang it. Let's hang a bit of a right here. Um, what is your, you know, what's kind of your understanding of, of what's going on in the world of water these days? Yeah, well, I mean, I know, I mean, what I see, obviously, you know, groups like Charity Water, Scott Harrison, and that, uh, you know, that organization out of New York. Um, you know, I know I've 
fortunately been able to travel all over the world and pretty much anywhere you go unless you're in a first world developed country you gotta always drink or you always gotta have bottled water you know clean you know so access to clean drinking water especially in you know underdeveloped nations places like africa southeast asia um probably in the you know middle east some areas as well i've never really spent much time there but um yeah, I know there's a great need for clean water in those places. Um, and uh, so organizations like Charity Water is probably one of the biggest ones. Um, you know, they do a lot of their stuff in Africa. But and then obviously, you know, what you guys are doing with ocean water, even, you know, you, you don't even think about, um, you know, the coast of El Salvador. You know, I'm using you guys as an example of like, hey, these people don't have the greatest access to clean water and they live in a salty beach environment there's a lot of dehydration yep. um and so i mean i think it's it's one of those things that <clears throat> well i haven't researched a lot on water i do know that like a lot of our illnesses um and problems with our bodies in general even people in our own country here in the u.s that have access to clean drinking water right out their tap um don't drink enough water you know and you know so and and just being hydrated can solve a ton of ailments um and you know now you take it to the extreme in these other places where they you know just to get clean water whether it's to to drink or you know cook with or whatever it may be um you know they're just trying to stay alive in it let alone stay fully hydrated but um yeah you know, you know sorry, one of, no one of the things you mentioned was just the uh you know the the global problem that it is so for so for to bring a little perspective essentially according to world health statistics about a quarter of a million people a year die annually from directly related waterborne illnesses. So for example, like in COVID-19, I think there's like 100,000 deaths globally. That is terrible. That is a tragedy. That is horrific. And every year for the last several years, a quarter of a million, two and a half times that number have died from waterborne illness problems. And so, but, but what happens in our, what happens is there are statistics that we get used to and that become socially acceptable. So for example, like in the U S you know, hundreds of thousands of people die every year because of cancer and because of heart disease, 300,000 people die every year in automobile accidents. But in the United States, there's, there's culturally acceptable ways to die. And then there's unculturally acceptable ways to die. In the yeah. United States, it's not culturally acceptable to die from a pandemic. But like, like for or, example, if, if you hear of someone dying in a car accident, you go, wow, that's such a terrible thing. But you're, you know, it's part of our culture because everyone uses a car. So one of the reasons we have these conversations about water and why it's so important is because it's hard to believe that in 2020 that we're still talking about water being a billion person problem. It's hard to believe we're still talking about food 
being a billion person problem. And it's still hard to believe that we're talking about housing in the world still being a half a billion person problem. And these are very important problems. And it's, you know, all the good things that have happened in my life have always happened through a relationship and always happened through a conversation. So that's one of the reasons why I'm so committed because in my life, it's always been, I've had a relationship and then I had a good conversation and then I went and thought about that conversation and then I prayed about it and then God changed my heart. That's why it's so fun for me to become friends with you and keep this, keep this discussion going and then also to let people know that it's actually possible to turn small amounts of ocean water into drinking water for people. And that's really important. Charity Water does amazing work. I've not met Scott Harrison, but I'm familiar with their organization. They're doing world-class work. Our solution is completely ocean-oriented. That's my cultural background. And then also my background in public health. That's why we work in that space. We also use that platform to start churches, which is, a, which is different than being uh, strictly a nonprofit or an NGO. Uh, but there's actually some strategic reasons for why it's more why it's most effective to work through a local church because when you go to scale projects internationally if they're not run by locals they don't work and the reason why we're so committed to starting churches and working through churches is because long after guys like you and i leave there's actually someone like a sampapo or a Paco and a Tessie, that that's their home, that's where they've lived, that's where they've grown up, and they share in the distribution. And so uh, it's just really fun to, to, to have these conversations. Uh, one of the things I'd love to do, I know you have so much to share and so much to say. I feel like we just scratched the top of an iceberg talking today. Hard to believe we've, all, we've almost been going for a half an hour already, Brett. But, um, but thank you, and, and I hope that you'll you'll come again soon, and I hope we can keep keep talking and, and keep this conversation going. And, and thank you for thank you for your time today. Are there any last words that you that you have for us in the in the thirty minutes or so that we got together today, brother? Uh, um, yeah, you think I'd like try to impart some wisdom? No, I just I was excited to um, to learn about what you were doing. You know, when when we got connected with with Paco and Tessie. So Love and Hope Children's Home is the, is the children's home that I've been supporting and groups have been supporting and all our mm -hmm. you know, donors and stuff. Um, and uh, and it, I was kind of surprised, like I said in the beginning, I hadn't, that Rachel hadn't connected us with, with Paco and Tessie before. Um, but, um, you know, so when I learned about this and I, and I, I guess I've never really dug in to know, to know about desalinization and um and and that and what you guys had you know those pumps and that they're on ships and stuff like that um but like i'm just really cool i'm really excited about one that that technology exists and it can only get better and and you know and as as your mission grows and um and and some papo and paco and tess you're down there and it just you, you plant that seed in palmarcito and like you're talking about going up to el zante and um it's such a cool little area and and um you know there's andy stanley pastor of my church here in atlanta um you know he says do for one what you wish you could do for many because mm -hmm. if everybody just did for yeah. one the world would be a much better place you know and, and people feel like they can't go do something 
they get an idea, but they, you know, I'm, you know, it's not big enough. I need to, I need to have 50,000 followers on Instagram or what, you know what I mean? It's like, but no, man, just start where you are. And, and exactly. find the, like you said, you find the locals down there and, um, and I just think it's super cool. And knowing what already, what it's done and the people that it's attracted and that, and also, you know, the backstory of, you know, the surfers down there that want to go to church and, you know, there's some cultural differences and, and sort of church legalism differences, you know, um, or, or um, traditions, if you will, that want to prevent that. And, um, mm-hmm. and I, I just think it's such a, it's such a cool, cool um, space that God's got you in and excited to continue the partnership and, and be a part of it and bring others down and I'll trade you golf lessons for surf lessons. Amen. <laughs> In fact, uh, just to anybody who's, who's hearing this today, um, Brett and I are planning on, on heading back to El Salvador next March. That's kind of what we're working on and we'd love to have you come and uh, we'll, we'll quickly put a link together on, on our website so that you guys can come and be a part of that. And uh, Brett, I look forward to talking again soon. Love you, brother. Yeah, right. Have a wonderful afternoon, man. Thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate it. Love you, bro. Take care. Love you, man. Have a great day. Thanks. Bye-bye.